on IMDb, the you might also like is like Happy New Year and Chennai Express <laughs> and just like a lot of other wild Shah Rukh films. Like, do you here. like Shah Rukh? Khan? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> here are seven things for noticing. Day. Welcome to Two White Girls Talk Bollywood. I'm Kim. And I'm Katie. And we're here to talk about not so much singing and dancing. More than I expected. More, <laughs> me too. Uh, but definitely here to talk about some independence yeah. and some Bollywood boys. A lot of Bollywood boys. A whole field hockey team's worth. And then yeah. some. <laughs> yeah. I... Loved it. We are Me talking too. about gold. I, I was thinking about this. I am susceptible to inspirational films oh, in me general. Too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get enough of them. And I also love a sports film, which mm-hmm. I told you about. Mm-hmm. And this delivered. It was it so did. good. Yeah. I totally agree. It hit all of the right notes for me with a sports movie. And it hit some notes I wasn't expecting, like having the song and dance. I really did yeah. not think that we were going to get any of that. Like, I thought we'd nope. have, like, you know, some songs over montages, which we yeah, did get. Yeah, like, but... you get in the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, that's what I was expecting. But yeah. then, no. Here we go. They just, did it. Just dancing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it did a really good job of being like, this isn't just a sports movie, mm-hmm. but it's also not just a movie about... Indian independence they did a good job of meshing those two storylines in a way that was like cohesive and made sense absolutely I felt like the themes were well balanced Mm -hmm. I feel like they weren't really like forcing anything on you know it wasn't like really in your face but it was still like very clear and very yeah inspirational and I'm glad that that this was our pick for Indian Independence Day. Me it feels too. like it was just a perfect choice and did end on such a such an uplifting note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about it too. I just love how they presented all like the white British men. Oh god, yeah. I I don't know any of their names. I just called them the stuffy oh, no. white guys. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, yeah. of course not. <laughs> but I was just like, this is great. Yep. <laughs> I- Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. So Gold was written and directed by Rima Kogti, mm-hmm. who also was one of the writers on Zindagi. That makes sense then, why yeah. there were so many thanks going out to uh, Zoya <laughs> and Javed. Yeah. Well, and it was produced by XL Entertainment, and Farron Akhtar was one of the producers. Look at that. I tell ya. <laughs> you know, the Akhtar family... They do good work. They're everywhere. Yeah. I, I've i enjoyed pretty much everything I've ever watched that they were attached to. So yeah. it's been good stuff. Um, the movie stars Akshay Kumar in our leading role. Also, it's it's very this is very much an ensemble cast. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to call out just a couple more names. Um, Kunal Kapoor played Samrat. Vineet mm-hmm. Kumar Singh played Imtiaz. Amit Saad mm-hmm. played Raghubir. Uh, Sunny Ko- Sunny Koshal played Himat and Mooney Roy played Manubina. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They did such a good job, like because it can be hard with an ensemble cast. I feel mm-hmm. like to yeah. to get individual personalities across, but yeah, it was such a good job. Like, yeah, yeah. 
They did, and I really loved the way we kind of, we get these little hints and introductions of characters, and Mm -hmm. it's not really clear why we're seeing what we're seeing until the end. It really does, like, have a payoff. Yeah. Um, It's just good story writing. I actually meant to look up how much of this was accurate to history. There was a quote from Cogti that this was very much a storied version of events. So I do think that probably a lot of a lot of the things that do feel a little more like narratively creative (laughs) (laughs) maybe didn't happen. But I, you know, there's probably a grain of truth to a lot of it. So Mm -hmm. um yeah, I think it it was done in a way that is still very respectful to the reality of the situation while also maybe yes. making the story a little bit more exciting and fulfilling to watch. Yes, yes, adding those little personal journeys. Yeah. yeah. For all of them. Again, yeah, it good. Love okay. a personal journey. <laughs> uh, me too. So the movie opens in Berlin in 1936, which is never a good place for a story to start. No, Um, and not what I expected. (laughs) No. I was like, what? (laughs) Yep, but here we are. And we start off by meeting Tapan, who is our our lead character. He's also our narrator through the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And he is the lesser manager of the British India Olympic field hockey team. And I do call it field hockey because, you know, we're from the U.S. and we can't confuse it with ice hockey, which if someone just says hockey, I'm going to assume they mean ice hockey. (laughs) Me too. I grew up on the Canadian border. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Tapan and the team are headed to their final match of the 1936 Olympics against Mm -hmm. Germany. And he's explaining that the Indians in Germany are boycotting the Olympics because of some offensive and presumably very on-brand comments from Adolf Hitler. Um, Who could have guessed? <laughs> and uh, as they arrive at the stadium, they get out of their van. Some Indian protesters actually climb on their van and they start waving an Indian flag and shouting, long live the revolution. Mm-hmm. And they get apprehended, but the flag gets thrown, and Tapan picks it up, and he tucks it away in his coat. And before the match starts, Hitler arrives at the stadium, and everyone stands, and they heil Hitler, which mm-hmm. I can only imagine what that would feel like as as a Jewish person to watch. Yeah, I didn't like it. No. <laughs> um but yeah. at least our heroes, the, the British India field hockey team, do not heil Hitler because they are protesting his comments. Yeah, because I'm sure that is probably true. I would, it feels like it very It feels like well it could, could be, be yeah. true to history. And just thinking about being in that stadium mm-hmm. in Berlin and not doing, like, not showing the respect to Hitler that he would demand from yeah. anyone, like, it... It does seem like it would be a potentially dangerous situation. Absolutely, yeah. And I know this is like pre-stuff going down, but mm-hmm. not by much. Not so by much, it's just yeah. brave, yeah. Absolutely, very brave. Um, and sets me off on a strong feeling of like solidarity yeah. with yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with our team here. But so the match begins and the first half doesn't really go great for India. The Germans are playing really rough. The umpires are ignoring this. And we're seeing that there are people back in India who are listening to the match on the radio. And we see that there is a family in a wealthy home, um, just like mm-hmm. five people in one room. And then there's like a whole village who is listening in like a single courtyard. 
Um, And in particular, we focus on a boy in each of those locations. Um, Mm -hmm. And we'll come back to those boys uh, in in a bit here. But so in the locker room at halftime, Toppen is trying to inspire the team and he pulls out the Indian flag that he Mm -hmm. snatched before. And he's saying, up to now, we've only played for the British, but now let's play for ourselves. Let's play for this, for the flag. Um, And at first the team is hesitant, but then led by their captain, Samrat, they all step forward and salute their flag. The second half of the match goes much better. You know, they're seven to one. India is is winning. Hitler, like a big baby, like storms out of the stadium. <laughs> yeah, I also hope that that happens. I know. In real life. <laughs> He's just like that and runs away. And then India ends up winning eight to one. It's their third consecutive gold medal. Yay, India! Um, mm-hmm. But we cut to the ceremony honoring the medalists. At the ceremony, the crowd stands for the winning team as their national anthem is played, and it is God Save the King, which is, of course, the national anthem of Great Britain. Um, Mm -hmm. And the British flag is raised. And the Indian team is not very happy about this. There's not a whole lot they feel they can do about it at this point in history, but Tapan pulls the Indian flag out of his coat just a little bit. um, so that Just gives it a little peek. Just a little sneak. Um, mm-hmm. and so that his team can see it, uh, and they all salute him instead. And Tappan makes a vow to come back and win gold under the name and the flag and the anthem of his own free nation. And I wanted to also just specifically point out the imagery in this moment of Samrat, who he got, like, knocked in the nose in the middle of the mm-hmm. match, so he's got blood on his jersey. And just, yeah. like, the imagery of him standing there with blood on his jersey... Literally, he bled for someone else's glory. Yeah. And and we oh. learn, too, that the English of Britain have not been competing in this sport since 1920. But right. British India has won the last three <laughs> Olympic yeah. Games. Love <sighs> colonizers winning things off the backs of the, the colonists. Um, yep. It's great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's not great. We hate it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, then we get a montage, and this montage spans 12 years, and the big takeaways from the montage are, one, that World War II happens, um, and that encompasses a lot, obviously, but Uh um, for our purposes here today, uh, the main takeaway is that uh, two Olympic Games got canceled over the course of this period. Tapan starts devolving into an alcohol-soaked mess. He gets fired from his job with the Field Hockey Federation, um, and then we see his stunningly beautiful wife, um, (laughs) Monobina, selling her jewelry so that they can, you know, continue to have money. I was, like, truly blown away by how beautiful this woman was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, me too. Yeah. Anyway, lastly, the two boys who we had seen previously who were listening to the radio, the one rich boy and the one, like, middle-class boy, we see them grow up. And this is Himat and Raghubir, and we get some very clear distinctions between their lifestyles, but the one thing they have in common is the Samrat poster on their bedroom walls. Yes. Big hockey boys. Um... (laughs) The montage ends in Bombay in 1946, and a drunken Tapan gets thrown out of a wrestling match. Um, He wasn't in the match, but he was, like, (laughs) doing fraudulent things there. That he he, was hired to do. He was hired to do them, and he did (laughs) them badly. But then he did it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, but so he wakes up literally in the gutter to a newspaper, like, flying and hitting him in the face. But this is actually a good thing, because the headline of this newspaper is that the 1948 Olympics are on and they're happening in London. Yeah. So he runs home, um... (laughs) And then he calls the Hockey Federation, but they hang up on him. They're not interested in working with him. But he tells Monavina that he is going to make this happen. He's going to make this dream come true and avenge 200 years of enslavement. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does eventually get in front of the president of the Federation, uh, Mr. Wadia, uh, and he begs him for the responsibility to coach India's first field hockey team and he says he's doing this for the nation's reputation not for his own reputation because if they don't win the world will say that they need the british um and he promises wadia that despite being a drunkard he'll bring back the gold oh i was so emotionally invested yeah in this scene (laughs) just seeing him like tuck his shirt in before he went in i was Uh just like oh please like (laughs) you've got this buddy yeah (laughs) oh and then you could tell that, yeah, he really just believes mm-hmm. in this. And, uh, I, yeah, 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 it got he, me. He does. Yeah, he's he's great. And Mr. Wadia is also pretty great. And he's yeah. on board. We do also also meet uh, Meta in this moment, who is he's kind of the villain. Of oh, the yeah, movie. that's the other guy. Yeah, yeah I never I never um, actually committed his name to memory. That's I was just okay. like, it's that guy. Yeah, <laughs> that that mean guy. Um, we'll hear more from him later. Wadia agrees, and so Tapan's first move is to recruit his team captain. And so first he approaches Samrat, but Samrat says he's retired. Yeah, well, I was also thinking about that because I was like, this is 12 years later. Yeah. I don't know the specifics about field hockey, but in most sports, being in your mid-30s is old. Right, yeah. (laughs) So I was like, this guy's not going to be young enough to play. Yeah, doesn't, yeah, it seems like he could have gone with a younger choice, but he... Uh, yeah. Samrat agrees and is like, yeah, best. no, not me. <laughs> yeah. And and maybe, again, maybe field hockey has a longer shelf life. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. It does seem like you could get pretty roughed up, though. Like, some of our yeah. boys don't don't look so great in some No, moments. and they're, like, hunched over. and It is a lot like, of hunching. You're, yeah. You have to run and hunch? I was looking at it, I was like, <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> no, me neither, yeah. Um Samrat tells Tapan that just like in the game you have to where you have to pass the ball, you've got to pass the dream on to the next generation. Mm. Uh, but so he recommends Imtiaz Shah for their captain. And Imtiaz was also on the yes. original team. Imtiaz has been fighting for Indian independence. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a bit jaded, I guess. Not jaded. He's a bit tired. Tired. <laughs> sure. Um, the the cause isn't really working out exactly the way he had hoped it would. Um, yeah. And so Tapan does convince him to rejoin the team, really because they'll be playing against the British on British soil, um, and they're going to get a chance to me- beat them on their home turf. Um, yeah. And next, we go back to our boy Himat, who again mm-hmm. is one of the one of the boys who we saw kind of grow up with these dreams of of being a field hockey player. Um, and he's our w- less well off boy, and he's meeting up with his girlfriend when a bunch of cops show up and they ask him if he plays field hockey, and he says yes, and then they arrest him. Uh huh. <laughs> Fun. Sure. Um, Basically, there's this stuffy white guy who forces him to join the police academy just so he can play on their field hockey team. Yeah, (laughs) which is, what a move. What a move, yeah. Yeah, 
just to have that much power that you think people are that dispensable that you can be like, this is what you do now for me, for the glory of a field hockey team. Exactly. Like a very local field hockey team. Right, yeah. That's what I don't get. I'm like, why does it matter that much? Yeah, no, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, the stuffy white guy's motivations here, but... But, um, you know. but I'm glad that we don't understand those motivations, personally. <laughs> yes. But so Himat, he protests to this, obviously, but yeah. primarily because his family are revolutionaries and his dad has been beaten by the police many times. Um, I also love how he says that. Like, he mm-hmm. says it with pride. He's yeah. like, oh, no, you don't want me. We're, <laughs> we're revolutionaries. Right. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you straight up, I don't like that you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am not afraid to admit that. No. Um, and the stuffy white guy's response to this is, oh, he's going to be our center forward for sure. <laughs> Himat does try to run away, uh, but he does get caught and, and like thrown after into a cell. scoring. A yeah, goal. he just like keeps running like Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh, I loved um, it. And his dad comes and talks to him. He's been thrown in a cell and his dad is trying to convince him that this is actually a good opportunity because he's now, you know, he's kind of working the other side of things and he can, as a police officer, maybe prevent some of his, you know, his fellow man from being abused by the police. Mm-hmm. Tapan, meanwhile, is out fundraising for the team and recruiting players and he goes to Diwa. And he sees Prince Raghubir Pratap Singh <laughs> playing in a match. Um, and yep. this is our, our rich boy from the, the mm-hmm. prior montage. And Raghubir is crazy good, but you can tell right away yeah. that he is a Jamie Tart type player. <gasps> Thank you, Kim. <laughs> I literally wrote the note that I was like, this guy needs to watch some Ted Lasso yep. <laughs> and learn how to pass to his teammates. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> nope. He, he has not had the influence of, you know, a good motivational coach yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is a ball hog, but he yep. is he is very good at what he does. Um, and Tapan is very impressed by the way he plays. He says that he, he's got chills, like the way he felt when he watched Samrat play for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so he talks to Raghubir after the match. Um, and Raghubir's pretty much just kind of a cocky jerk about yeah. everything. But he does seem, you know, interested in the team. And he offers to drive Tapan to the train station. And as they're driving to the train station, they drive by uh, a shepherd who's sitting under a tree and Raghavir pulls over the car, he goes up to the man, and he takes off all of his clothes, including uh-huh. his shoes and socks, except for his underpants, leaves those yeah. on, gives all of that to this man, goes, gets back in the car, and Tapan's like, wow, what a guy. He can't pass the ball, but he'll give up all of the clothes off his back to, to someone in need. Yeah. Um, Raghubir's an interesting guy. <laughs> I was glad that they showed that. Yeah. Because then I was like, okay, I can root for this guy. Right. Yes. Before that, I wasn't so sure, but... Underneath it all, he is a good person, and he does realize, at least to a certain extent, his privilege. Yeah. But so, now we get another montage, and the song here is called Gar Laenge Gold, which I think means, like, take home the gold. I feel like that's what kept showing up on the subtitle. I, I know what the word gar means, and I know what the word gold means, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure Laenge is, like, take or bring. It's some kind of, like, exchanging of goods... <laughs> Mm, I liked it. Yeah, it was. I a was good, bopping to it. It was a good yeah. one. I this is. I feel like this would have a nice place on like a motivational song playlist. Yeah. Um. Over the course of this montage, <laughs> Himat goes to tryouts. He impresses Tapan with his skills as a center forward, and Ragbir sees Himat 
playing and we see Ragabir like visibly get a little bit insecure by how good mm -hmm. Himat is as a player. <laughs> and we also get like more direct comparison between the two of them as we see them both like getting ready to leave to go to what I think like the training camp or something mm -hmm. for the team. And Ragabir is like has, has servants like washing him and dressing him and Himat's just like scrubbing himself under a tap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, now we're at the tryouts, and Imtiaz picks Himat to play center forward. And Raghavir mm -hmm. is like, hey man, I'm a center forward. Like, literally when I was born, that was the gender I was identified as at birth. Which and... was like a joke, but was it? <laughs> it's, no. it's his entire identity. But they're like, nah, you gotta do what you're told, man. But both of them, both Ragbir and Himat, make the team. Um, Tapan is super excited about this team that he has pulled together. And we see him and the team and the Field Hockey Federation having a celebration at a big swanky party. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, they announce the team and they announce that uh, Tapan and Meta are going to be co-managers of the team. And Tapan gets up to give a speech and he's like, well, it's prohibition, so I can't have us toast, but let's have some tea. Mm -hmm. And then, like, they pass out teacups, but it turns out these are teacups that are full of champagne. <laughs> yep. Uh, which is very fun. Love it. Um, yeah. And Himat, like, chugs the champagne, and Ragabir's like, you're not supposed to chug champagne. Um, <laughs> it's just... Yeah. All, all the vibes. But so n <laughs> we we get a dance number, uh, Monobina, which, mm -hmm. is, which is his wife, because he's trying to get... Tapan's trying to get his wife to come up and dance. And I like this song. I, this is, like, my pick for my fave song Me from too. the movie yeah <laughs> yeah it's super fun I mean I love it just for what it is but mm -hmm. I also love it because I wasn't expecting it yeah at all yeah no I totally agree I was delighted by the number itself and also just the fact that it was there was really uh exciting mm -hmm. and made me happy like I said Tapan is spending most of the song trying to get Monobina to get up and dance with him but she's like maybe not I'm not super yeah. comfortable uh but he gets like everyone else to dance the team gets up and they're being his backup dancers um and then he f finally does get Monobina up to to dance with him and it's great meanwhile Meta the co-manager is like sitting on looking disapproving of people having fun yeah Ugh. Uh, he's a big stick in the mud but so things are looking great for team India until we get to 1947 and the the country gets the the news that their their country is being partitioned into India and Pakistan there's rioting happening particularly in Punjab and Bengal and the the events of partition are unfolding um, mm -hmm. and Imtiaz and Tapan have been traveling around doing more fundraising and they arrive back in Punjab and Imtiaz gets attacked as they're getting off the train for being Muslim. And Tapan and Himat, who's Himat's there as, as a police officer, like they do manage to save Imtiaz, but not before these men literally pour gas on him to set him I, on fire. Imtiaz is like my favorite character in this movie. Yeah. I just love him. Yeah. And I got very terrified that we were going to watch someone get set on Me fire. Me too. I was, I yeah. really thought that that was where we were heading. And so I was very relieved that he was saved. Tapan does set one of the other guys on fire. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit though. Like just his leg. That guy's probably yeah. fine. Like he probably just has like some light burns. And it's like, does that hurt? Like maybe you yeah. shouldn't do that. Maybe to don't another do that human. to people just because they have a different religion than you. But yeah, I, I liked how they though were able to evoke that emotion mm -hmm. from the audience 
I immediately was terrified. And, oh, like, yeah. I felt that. Yeah. Which is horrible, but also, yeah, I just appreciated that. Very, very effective storytelling. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I like you sharing that Imtiaz was your favorite character in the movie because, like, he's not on screen a lot, but no. they they create his story and we get like kind of this full arc from him that is really bittersweet and really very well done even with such a short amount of time they do get away and as they're driving through town they see other people who have been killed their bodies hanging from trees there are people mourning in the streets there's all this destruction yeah um and they finally get back to imtiaz's hockey club and they learn that his family has had to flee the country into pakistan to lahore so he decides that he's gonna go there too you know his hockey club has been like burned he there's nothing here for him anymore Um, And Tapan tells him to, you know, follow his family, but then come back when things are safer. And Imtia says, I'm never coming back. This isn't my country anymore. I don't recognize this place. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, and that that hits so hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am just so astonished at how quickly that could just happen. Yeah. You know, like, it was one thing to think, okay, here comes the UK saying, okay, yeah, Hindus are going to be here and Muslims are going to be here and we're going to separate this into two countries. But another thing for the actual people there to be taking up arms against their neighbors. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it says so much about like the human condition, Mm -hmm. um, the way that people turn. And there are plenty of other examples in history of of that happening of like, you know, if it's me against them, I'm going to go all out to make sure I'm the one who who makes it to the top and yeah really really sad really makes you think and also Mm -hmm. just really well presented in this movie yeah like they don't shy away from it no at all but so the team loses a total of nine players as a result of partition um five other muslim men move to pakistan like imtiaz does and then three anglo-indian players flee to australia Mm -hmm. and Toppin says we have achieved independence but at what cost and this yeah. is where we end Act One. Ugh. I also just hadn't even thought about that being a factor. That, like, they would lose teammates. In the team. Yeah. 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 Me neither. I didn't either. Yeah. But we open Act Two back on a bunch of stuffy white guys. Um, Our and, favorite. <laughs> and this is the, the British Field Hockey Federation. And they're super stoked about partition uh, because why not destroy a country's you know yeah promising you haven't done enough yeah as you're as you're leaving it but so they're saying that you know this is great news because now neither india nor pakistan is going to be able to pull together uh, a team in time to actually be worth our time playing against them like we're going to beat them easily Mm-hmm. So Topon, meanwhile, uh, he's boozing hard. Like we literally, the first thing we see him doing is like sucking up alcohol he has spilled on his desk, like sucking it yeah. off of his desk. So he's not doing great. Um, we even hear him tell Manabina that his life is now meaningless. But then Samrat comes, <laughs> like yes. you know, the clouds part and he descends like an angel. Um, not not actually, but in our well- hearts. And I was kind of happy he showed back up because uh-huh. earlier in the film, we mentioned this last week, but Kanal Kapoor is one of my guys. Yeah. I like him a lot. And I was surprised when he wasn't going to come back as captain. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, was he just here for those, like, Like, is that scenes? it? Yeah. Which maybe, but, like, he's a little bit 
more well known of an actor than that. Right. And yeah, so I was like, oh, good, he's yep. back. <laughs> I, I thought you'd be pleased. Um, mm-hmm. And I am too. I like Kunal Kapoor. But Samrat comes, he rallies Tapan back into action, but they're struggling even more now to raise money for the team uh, because, as Meta says, nobody has time for hockey. And so Tapan ends up meeting some Buddhist monks. Um, and it turns out that their guru is a big fan of Samrat and literally yeah. breaks his five year vow of silence. Uh, to tell Tapan that they can live and train at the monastery. Because of Samrat. Because of Samrat. Like, yeah, he says <laughs> no until he finds out that Samrat is on board. And then he's like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It's a, it was a great scene. But so Tapan also tricks Manubina into paying for and preparing all of the food <laughs> for the team. And we get after that moment a, a, a sweet little love song i didn't write down the names of all of the songs but we get a, a sweet love song here where they're packing up and they're moving to the monastery we see some cute scenes of the two of them they're doing a photo shoot together yeah. um, and then Tapan buys her some flowers for her hair but as they're moving their cart gets stuck in a rut in the road Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so <laughs> Tapan gets out. He's trying to push the cart, but he keeps slipping in the mud. And Manubina is like, take your shoes off and then you'll have traction and you'll be fine. So he takes his shoes off. He pushes the cart out and they go on their way. Mm-hmm. I also really like their relationship because yeah. our first introduction to her, you kind of think, uh-oh, does he not have a satisfactory like marriage? Uh, like, Are they yeah. kind of troubled? But no, she just... Tells it like it is. Yeah. And I appreciate that, she, too. She doesn't let him get away with anything, and I think that's great. He see, yeah. he needs that in a partner. They've got yeah. a good dynamic. <laughs> uh, but so the players move in. Raghavir shows up with, like, all of his possessions. And Samrat is still refusing to let him play center forward. Um, and mm-hmm. then we get a nice scene with Raghavir and Samrat and Tapan where they have... They're staging this moment where Samrat can explain to Raghavir that his best game that he ever played was a game where he didn't score any goals. Yeah. Um, And he tells Raghavir that the best players play as a team. Mm -hmm. But Raghavir is not the only one who is struggling with this concept at this point. We see, like, the boys are fighting. They're very clicky. Like, they've kind of divided themselves up across, you know, religious and caste and location lines. And so Tapan and Samrat devise a scheme to get them working together. Yeah. So there's there's this big pile of bricks next to the the fields and they tell them, "All right, move that pile of bricks from that side to the other." Um and so they do it and then they're like, "Okay, bring them all back." Uh-huh. <laughs> um and this happens a couple of times and so so finally yeah. one of them realizes like, "Wait, let's think smarter, not harder." Sorry, work mm-hmm. harder, not smarter. Nope. <laughs> work harder work, not smarter <laughs> work smarter not harder Whew, okay and so what they do you know they make a, a a little a line across the field they're passing the bricks together they've solved the problem um mm. and samrat tells them they need to support one another yes and then we're three months into the future and tapan and samrat are deciding who is going to be the team captain um, and they end up picking Devong. They pick him mm-hmm. because he, you know, he's a fairly inoffensive choice, it seems. Um, yes. But they do name Raghbir as vice captain. And then Tapan says, well, what about Himat? And Samrat says, Himat is our secret weapon. Um, mm-hmm. We've got to save him for something really special. 
Uh, and it would have been great if one or the other of them had said those words to Hima. We could have avoided a yeah. lot of drama in the future, but they didn't. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So the Hockey Federation throws another swanky party, but this time when Tapan performs his song and dance, it uh, it doesn't go over quite so well. Nobody's really as into it. And I think we're supposed to believe that Meta like drugged Tapan. Like, cause we see him, yeah. like, we see them like pouring something into his bottle, but then like Tapan drinks the bottle and like immediately goes into these shenanigans. Either way, he's, like, just, you know, drunk and disorderly. He's splashing yeah. alcohol on people. A lot of the guests start leaving. Everybody's trying to get him to stop. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up pushing a white lady who, to me, looked a lot like Jenny from RRR. <laughs> uh, ends up pushing her into a fountain. Uh-huh. And so Meta uses this as an excuse to get Top on fired. Um, and the team leaves for London without him. Uh, and with uh. Meta as their sole manager. They need him. They need him. He's like the heart of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the British team is now panicking because they realize that they're going to be playing both India and Pakistan. And it's like, these are the men who they've been sending to play for them for the last <laughs> yeah, 20 years. who have been winning. <laughs> who have been winning. And now they have to play against them. And so they devise a scheme that there's going to be like two different pools. And they put India and Pakistan in the same pool and then Britain in the other pool so that India and Pakistan, like one or the other, will eliminate the other mm-hmm. one early on and then Britain doesn't have to play both teams. Ugh. Yeah, a bunch <laughs> of losers. And the Indian team, when they find out about this, they're totally enraged and they go to Meta and they're like, you got to do something about this. And mm-hmm. Meta's like, nah, rules is rules. Like he just he's like, <laughs> has, no, has no interest in helping them. And then he... He's like threatens their allowance, um, and he's like, "I'm not gonna pay your allowance the way Tapan did." And and then the boys like take their revenge by rummaging through his room, and they write British Toad on his mm-hmm. wall. And he's super upset by this, and he's like, "Well, now I'm not gonna pay your allowances at all." And then the boys are like, "Well, we're not gonna practice anymore." So just like, <laughs> it's just a big mess over there. Mutiny, yeah. Mutiny, yes. And Wadia, the president of the field hockey federation in india learns about this and he flies to london and he calls up Tapan and he's like bro we need you like we're gonna reinstate you as co-manager but anyway yeah. so now all is is right with the world uh because mm-hmm. Tapan has also gone and worked with the manager of the pakistani team to make sure that there are three pools so india pakistan and britain are now each in their own pool um so the three of them are each going to have like an equal shot at making it to the final and we do see Imtiaz back again. He is the, yeah. the captain of the Pakistan team. And we see him being interviewed. And he is using pretty much the same lines that we've seen <laughs> Tapan use. He's saying, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same refrain about avenging 200 years of enslavement um, and fulfilling an age-old dream. And then the reporter turns to Tapan and Tapan just says, ditto. <laughs> yeah and I, I loved that. I loved that moment and there's just like the look in both of their eyes as they're both thinking mm-hmm. like we are now technically from different countries but we have this same like dream and this same goal yeah. and this same drive um I really did like the way that the relationship between India and Pakistan is portrayed in this movie yeah even though I you know I'm not sure how well it reflects reality at this point but I'm glad that they did that because they could have easily had them be villains. um, Right. But they did not. 
I mean, and I say easily because not because they were villains, but because that could have been the choice that they made to portray them that way. And obviously they were not. But instead, yeah, they were like, these two men are friends. They are coming from the same place. Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot of respect for each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's great representation there. Uh, the games begin, um, and we get all the way to the semifinals, and we've got Britain versus Pakistan, and we've got India versus the Netherlands. And it's a very, very intense game between Britain and Pakistan, but ultimately, Britain wins, um, and yeah. we see Imtiaz at the end of the game just fall to his knees in defeat. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, Himat, he hasn't gotten to play yet. The, you know, the whole all these games are happening. He hasn't gotten to play once. Mm-hmm. Um, and he finds out that his girlfriend's family and his family are planning to listen to the game together on the radio. And, you know, he's telling his fellow teammates this and his teammates are kind of like egging him on because they tell him that he can't get a gold medal if he doesn't play in any of the games. Uh, Himat's teammates, they've told him this, they've gotten him all riled up, and so he goes and confronts Ragbir, who we remember is the vice captain of the team. Mm-hmm. And Himat blames him for not letting him play. And Ragbir is like, I've got nothing to do with it. He kind of teases Himat, he's not taking him seriously, and so Himat yeah. pushes him. Mm-hmm. They have a bit of a physical altercation. And Ragabir is basically like, listen, I didn't do anything about this before, but now I promise you, you're never going to get to play on this team. Oh, yeah. Just be friends. I know. <laughs> but we have seen before that Himat, he's a bit of a hot-headed guy. Yeah. Kind of like acts before he thinks. Tapan had had put his name on the list to play in the semifinal game against the Netherlands. But mm-hmm. Devong and Ragabir tell him and Meta about the fight. And against Tapan's wishes, the three other men vote that Himat cannot play. Um, and so Himat confronts Tapan about this, and Tapan finally explains that he has been saving Himat as their secret weapon. Tapan calls Himat hot-headed, and he's like, if you hadn't done this, this all would have worked out, but now you've ruined it, so go and rest. You must be a champion at that by now. Oh, Which is so gut-wrenching, and it's like, it's Tapan's fault that he didn't tell him the plan. Like, obviously, yeah. Himat is responsible for his own actions, but still. But All of yeah, this could have like, been solved. There's a reason that he's so frustrated. Yeah. And he might not be as frustrated if he was just aware of the thoughts behind it. No, yeah. he probably wouldn't have been. He just would have been like, no. yeah, no, don't worry. I'm just hanging out. Like, I'm I'm super important. Uh, we we see the, the match between India and the Netherlands. The score is neck and neck right up until the last 10 minutes of the game. There's a really, really tense moment where they make it look like a, the ball like goes past the goalie and you're like, yeah. they're going to lose? Like, what is going to happen? <laughs> yeah. And then another player like sneaks in from the side and stops the ball. Um, that kind of made me laugh. It was you just so... see everyone's face in yeah. slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I was, my heart was pounding. Um, mm-hmm. They really got, got me in that moment. But India does win. But they only win because the goalie for the Netherlands, who up until this point had been, like, star goalie, he accidentally yeah. knocks the ball into the goal at one point. So he scores. sucks. Yeah. Scores on yeah. himself. India wins the game. Um, and the team, after the game, is toasting their victory. But Tapan 
toasts the British instead. And he's like, they're going to win tomorrow because Rogbeer mm-hmm. has been so selfish and his beef with Himat is dividing the team. He's kind of right. He's like, we, only, yeah. we didn't really win because of our talents. We won because of a mistake. And now we're yeah. going to lose against the British. The day of the final arrives and it's India versus Britain. Britain is slated to win. In the first half of the game, Britain is playing really rough. They end up scoring twice. Um, and at halftime, Tapan is saying, okay, they're using these long passes. This is, you know, they've studied our strategy. This is what they see as being our weak point. We need to bring out our player who is the best at long passes, and that's Himat. Mm-hmm. Um, but Meta refuses to put Himat in. And Himat, you know, he's like, okay, finally someone said it. They're ne- you're never going to put me in, so I'm yeah. just going to leave. And he does oh. leave. My heart. I know. And he's like, he's got tears in his eyes. He storms out of the room and then he stops Mm. and he turns around and he goes back in the room. Yes. And he apologizes for everything. And he says he has to play. Then Tapan pulls out the flag from the Berlin Olympics. And he reminds them that this isn't about any one of them as an individual. It's not about any of the team politics. It's about the flag. It's about the nation. And Ragbir finally gets it, and he tells Himat, let's go and let's crush the British. Woo-hoo. And everybody cheers! <laughs> um, so we're back for the second half of the game. Ragbir gets possession of the ball. He passes it to Himat. Himat scores a goal. So we get our mm-hmm. first point for India. But then it starts raining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this puts the British at a distinct advantage because they have cleats. And the Indian team Mm -hmm. does not. And so the Indian boys are falling all over the place. The Brits are, like, knocking them over. They're literally splashing water in their faces. Yeah. Um, Which shouldn't be allowed. Which should not be allowed. But the umpires, again, are just, like, I don't know, standing around doing nothing. Eventually, the British score again. So we're three Mm -hmm. to one to the British. Topon then remembers the incident with the, the wheel getting stuck in the road. Um, and so he calls over all the boys. He has them take off their socks and shoes and play barefoot. Mm-hmm. And it works. And the boys are no longer slipping around. And Ragbir is able to score. So now we're 3-2. Yeah, I loved this. If only for the memories it conjured up for me. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, I'd always run around with, like, the neighborhood kids uh-huh. when I was little barefoot. Yeah. And I'd always be in people's backyard. And I was thinking, like... So many of these boys probably grew up playing hockey barefoot. Yeah. Just like how so many kids around the world play like football barefoot. Like it's just, I don't know. It kind of brought it back to like this wholesome love and joy of the game, which I don't necessarily think was what they were trying. They were trying to convey that. But it was this added, like, sweetness to it all that I really like. I love that you... Because now that you're saying that, like, it's bringing me back to similar memories. And it's also making me think of another... a very different sports movie from Bollywood, The Zoya Factor. Where Which I still have to watch? I pretty I don't think you've seen it because that's a Dilbert Salman movie. But he, like that's his big speech at the end is like it's just like remember like being a boy playing cricket in the street like and oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's great. I I'm really glad you said that. Yeah, I really enjoyed this moment too. So okay, so we're 3-2 yes. and then <laughs> Devang scores, so now we're all tied up. We're 3-3. 
And then in the final moments of the game, Tapan hears the crowd cheering for India, and he remembers the crowd cheering for India back at the Berlin Olympics and the way that the crowd kind of turned against their own team because they were so, like, excited about, you know, this the story of triumph that's happening uh-huh. here. And he reflects on how one generation dreamt and the next generation made that dream a reality. India was quiet once, but now we speak and the world will listen. Mm-hmm. And as those words are spoken, we see Himat score the final goal. The game ends. India wins four to three. Woo! Um, oh, God. I, just, I was getting, like, no, really I loved emotional. It. Yeah. Like, just, like, the way, like, the whole, like, the voiceover and the, oh, you know, the yeah. slow motion. It just really, oh, you know, good. really got to me tapan runs out on the field he embraces the team everyone mm-hmm. is going crazy everyone back in india is hugging and celebrating and and everyone's so excited at the meddling ceremony they hand devang the captain the gold medal they raise the indian flag and everyone salutes as the anthem plays and Tapan cries, and the team cries, and I was yeah. crying, and everybody's <laughs> yeah. crying. And at the end of the anthem, Tapan shouts, Vande Mataram, and we fade to black, and the credits roll. Yeah. And now I was a little bit confused because Vande Mataram is the national song? Yeah. Okay. They list it as the national song and they list the national anthem as something else. And I don't know why there's a distinction there between the two, but the song that they sing in this movie is Vande Mataram, which is yes. probably a bad pronunciation. And I apologize to the entire nation of India, um, <laughs> as, as I often am wont to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's the end of the movie. I loved it and I'm really glad we watched it. I loved it too. Like that was just really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about it, like the pacing was spot on. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing that got me at the end was I just don't believe that the white British people in the crowd would have cheered for India. Would have cheered for India. Yeah, and that was that was interesting to me too. And there could have been people there who weren't British. Like that was. Yeah, it made sense to me that other white people from yeah, other nations like, would up do that until the point where Tapan was like, "Oh, the British started cheering for India." I yeah. was like, "These are just other people from other countries. Like these are French people cheering for India." Right. And so then when he said that, I was like, mm, "I." So I do agree with you there. Yeah. I don't know. I am not super like America, but when I'm watching the Olympics, if there's an American athlete, yeah. I'm you never rooting win. for anyone who's not American. Right. Then I was just thinking, so that's just me, and I don't have anything against the countries that we're facing off against in these sports. Yeah. And so then to think that there was such a fraught relationship at the time between those two countries, I just find that a little unbelievable, and yeah. it wasn't necessary, and it took me out of it. Right, and it makes more sense that happening at the Berlin Olympics, because yes. they're probably would have been some negativity towards Hitler and towards yeah. like our, their home country where they were like this feels like a safe form of protest where we can just be like yay Ooh. India like we're yeah. happy that you might beat us because you're the mm. underdogs here just in terms right. of like the politics of Hitler having yes. been mean to them <laughs> yeah yeah so I I totally agree with you just that line wasn't needed we didn't really need no. that that comparison mm-hmm. um, I agree yeah 
It was my one criticism <laughs> about this film. Yeah. Otherwise, I enjoyed every moment of it. And I was glad that we had Muslim characters. We had yeah. like a great representation of Pakistan. I was worried that there would have been a bit of a skewing towards mm-hmm. the Sikh and Hindu characters. But there was right. never a point where I felt like they were glorified over. Because even though they win gold no. at the end, you still see this very honorable fight from Pakistan. I was really appreciative of how both sides of that conflict were portrayed. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It felt very right and the way that they were doing that. I think inevitably it is pro-India. Right. (laughs) Because, yeah, yeah, of course it is. But by showing Imtiaz's story the way that they did and really allowing us to sit in that place of like fear and terror yeah. as uncomfortable as it was it it does justice to that experience that yeah. muslim people were having at the time so yeah. yeah i think it was really well done absolutely and it did make me think about i know that akshay kumar is someone who hindu nationalists like yeah and i'm not familiar with his politics or his, any really i've seen right. a couple other things that he's been in I, I could see why like hindu nationals would like this movie Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't make me like it any less or make me like Akshay Kumar no. any less. Just again, just based on this one limited example that I have. Um, yeah. It makes me feel more warmly towards him than I did previously. So I'm I'm happy about that. And hopefully that will continue to be an appropriate way to feel. But we can only yeah. go on this journey together right. and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> we'll continue learning. Yeah. So we'll see. Anyway, I am very excited to hear what you chose to research for this week. Yeah, there's so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, instead of doing one thing, I'm doing two smaller things. That's awesome. I looked into Hitler and India. Oh my goodness. We Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which we've talked about before. I think I ended up removing that from previous episodes, but yeah. we'll get into it. Uh-huh. And then the Indian flag. Which I know that you've previously done a little bit about, Mm -hmm. but, like, it was such a a focal piece of this movie. Yeah. You know? Well, and it it looked different in the in the 1936 than what I'm familiar than what we you know what we see today so I'm very excited to learn about both of these topics (laughs) wonderful (laughs) so we're gonna start with Hitler great (laughs) specifically because I was like what exactly did he say yeah just for context because you and I previously between the two of us talked about like why isn't the Holocaust such a big thing necessarily, like, in India? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, a lack of Jewish people, not that they don't exist, they certainly do, but not in the numbers that they do elsewhere in the right. world. Yeah. Um, but also, I kind of, as I was reading, I was like, oh, yeah, I have to put myself in the mindset of an Indian person living in the early 1940s. Mm-hmm. You know what's not as much of a priority as, like, independence? The Holocaust, because it's one of those things. It's awful, yeah, but it's happening. It's happening somewhere else. Somewhere and... else to different people. Yeah. And we are dealing with trying to get our own independence and fighting tooth and nail for it. Absolutely. So I do understand that. I think it's not dissimilar from American perspectives of like genocides happening in African countries. Sure. Or partition. Or partition, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's maybe why we didn't see any representation of the actual Holocaust happening in that montage, which I did note, and I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but now I'm like, that makes sense. And Indian leaders actually did look to Hitler as a good example 
of a leader fighting for a stronger country Hmm. and more unified country because Mm -hmm. that was his goal. Also, both India and Hitler viewed Britain as an enemy. Yeah. So the kind of common enemy, maybe you're my friend or ally. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, Hitler admired the way that Great Britain had subdued and ruled India. So he really liked India, specifically for the example it gave him of, you know, maintaining control over a quote-unquote inferior race. Oh. So, so, yeah. He's definitely not viewing them as any kind of an equal. <laughs> there's not oh. There's not an equal respect there. It's not no. a mutual thing. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, and he even planned to use Britain's rule over India as a plan for when he conquered Russia. Oh. He's like, that's how I'm going to govern Russia. Wow. Also, like, cocky much? I know. Yeah, that didn't... None of that worked out well for him. No. But as far as Indian people go, Hitler did look down on them. Mm -hmm. Um, And in 1936, at a political rally in Munich, he said that Indians couldn't even walk before the British taught them how. Oh. So, yep, he viewed Indian people just like how he viewed any other people of color, viewed them as an inferior race. That is why many Indian students and many Indian working professionals living in Nazi Germany at the time were imprisoned without charges, and some students were even expelled for being suspected of working with the communists. Oh, wow. And that's also why he was kind of very dismissive about the Indian independence movement, because he was like, I think you're better off under British rule, so I'm not going to support this. It's just so fascinating to me the ways that these horrible white people forget what was happening just a couple centuries prior because mm-hmm. i mean i don't i'm not super familiar with pre imperial history but right. like I don't know, the Mughal Empire was doing pretty great up until the point where the British took over. I'm sure that there were problems there, but they were not, you know, like, the country was doing fine. Like It was was not a bunch of people sitting around twiddling their thumbs thinking, wow, I wish someone would conquer us and teach us how to live our lives. Like, no, they were like a nation that was like creating art and culture and Mm -hmm. science and anyway, yeah. Before, (laughs) yeah, white people. And then we made Um, it's so much worse anyway okay yes no i i agree and despite all of the thoughts and feelings that hitler had there was this perception among indians that hitler was a friend Hmm. partially because he was fighting against the uk in world war ii but also because in 1942 there was a meeting between hitler and subhas chandra bose who was the leader of the free india movement Mm -hmm. Important to note that at that meeting, Hitler was like, I'm not going to help you for reasons I previously stated, that he thought India was better off under British rule. Mm-hmm. But why did this meeting happen? Because during World War One, Indian nationalists had sympathized with Germany um, because, you know, they were fighting the British. Right, yeah. And so then when World War Two started, Bose, the leader of the Free India Movement, saw Hitler as a fellow revolutionary mm-hmm. against Great Britain. Mm-hmm. And in 1941, he helped found the Indian Liberation Army, also called, called the ILA, and he promoted fascism as the straightest path to Indian independence and home rule. Mostly because, I'm pretty sure I read that he was against communism because communists were allying with great britain 
But Bose also founded the Forward Block Party, which ran against Gandhi's Sevasenka Party. So he and Gandhi were kind of on opposite sides of this debate, because I guess fascism is inherently not nonviolent. <laughs> I knew Subhas Chandra Bose's name was familiar, and I remembered that he was one of the like freedom fighters featured at the end of RRR. Oh, right. Um, and so I remember oh. when I did that research that he was this, like, that was one of the things people were like, why did you have him yeah. but you didn't have Gandhi? Oh, thanks for that callback. Yeah. Then I'm sorry if I'm repeating anything. No, no, you're not, because I didn't really go into it. I just said that he and Hitler were pals. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they were, but they weren't. Hmm. But people think that they were. Like, yeah. it's it's really interesting because they met twice, and Bose really admired Hitler, and then Hitler, like, thought he was beneath him. Bose sought out a partnership with the Axis countries because he believed the Axis would defeat the Allies and the UK would end up keeping India, but in return for India's military help, maybe the Axis powers would grant it its freedom and home rule. So he was kind of trying to play a long game here. Yeah. So he said, hey Germany, we can offer you some soldiers. They formed the ILA, which was comprised of Muslim, Sikh, and Hindu men. Mm-hmm. And this is also what's interesting, because this religious pluralism comes into play with the flag as well. But I think doing this research, it's it's hard to then reconcile that with what we see in gold, like with the riots yeah. and with the killings of Muslim and Hindu people. Like, It's like, how do you get from here to there? Unless yeah. it was always simmering under the surface. Yeah, I, I would think so. And yeah, I wonder to what extent there was always that sort of like division mm-hmm. even within a group. Yeah. The ILA, made up of men of all sorts of different religions, mm-hmm. and they all made an oath of allegiance to Hitler, number one, mm-hmm. Bose, number two, and then India, number three, <laughs> Okay. on August 26th, 1942. And the ILA later became part of the German army. But Germany never utilized them in combat due to several mutinies. Yeah, they said that they were, I think, like unpredictable and barbaric and just might have also been racist. I was going to say that sounds racist. Um, Yeah. But like the idea of mutinies happening. And then, yep, Hitler flat out refused to help Bose. Basically, it felt like Hitler was kind of like, yeah, give us some men to fight for us. And then once he was kind of like, Ugh, that's not really going to be much of anything, he was then like, nah, yeah. we're not going to help you. And then they ended up helping Bose escape to Japan because Bose was exiled from British-controlled India because of his political movements. And then he was living in Germany for a bit. Then he left Germany, went to Japan. And Japan ended up taking advantage of the ILA in early 1943, and it became part of their national army. Oh, okay. Just that happened. From one, you um, know, one fascist group to the next. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then it kind of petered out, like fizzled, and yeah. Bose died in August 1945 due to burns he sustained during a plane crash. Oh. All yeah, right. So. Well, bye. <laughs> Yeah, so that's Hitler in India. I'm sure there's more to say about it, but <laughs> that's my TED talk on that subject. That's definitely helpful context to have of like where there have been people who have glorified Hitler and kind of why that's happened. I'll be interested to see as we explore some things that have World War II related themes that are out there in the world today, Yeah, um, you know, how those things maybe manifest themselves. I agree. And then... The Indian flag. Yeah. 
pre-independence, different flags of varying designs were used by the different princely states. Um, and that was true up until the Rebellion of 1857, when the Indian people revolted against their British colonizers. And then in response, Britain established direct imperial rule. Okay. I didn't really look into this because that's a whole other subject. <laughs> um, but my understanding is that previously the princely states had had more autonomy. And then I think Britain cracked down and said, okay, we're going to yeah. lock you down more. At that time, the country's first flag was created, looking a lot like the flags of Britain's other colonies. Okay. Very Union Jack and very uniform, um, with maybe its own special Indian-specific symbol, but through the eyes of yeah. Britain. And then in the early 20th century, around the coronation of Edward VII, Britain began discussing the need for a symbol that represented the Indian Empire itself. Mm-hmm. Several symbols were suggested, including depictions of the deities Ganesha, or Kali, um, as well as a cow. However, these were dismissed because they were Hindu-centric yep. and did not promote unity with India's Muslim population. Great. Love, yeah, love that they thought that. <laughs> love that they thought that, and then interesting that this is the same government that later decided to partition. Split them up. They had their reasons at this point for wanting unity, and they had their right. reasons at that point for then not. For not. <laughs> Exactly. It's just, it's, yeah, layers. But so proposals were made for a national flag and rejected. Like, this was ongoing for years. Although one design of interest came about in 1916 as a symbol of the Home Rule movement. This flag had the Union Jack in the upper left corner, a star and crescent in the upper right, and seven stars in a diagonal line, all on a background of five red and four green stripes. Hmm. However, this flag ended up being banned by a magistrate in Coimbatore, And this was actually the first governmental initiative against any nationalistic flag. Oh. So that's a fun piece of history. Fun fact. (laughs) Yep. Something to be proud of, Britain. (laughs) But then we go to April 1921. Mm -hmm. As Gandhi is writing in his journal. And he... (laughs) Set set the scene. (laughs) Set the scene. And he wrote about the need for an Indian flag. And so he thought about it and then proposed a flag with a spinning wheel at its center. The spinning wheel had actually been suggested by a man named Lala Hansraj, uh, and it was meant to represent movement because there is life in movement and death in stagnation. So that's the flag that we see in the Berlin Olympics. Yeah, cool. Um, Gandhi originally suggested that the flag should be half red and half green, Uh, Red for Hindus, green for Muslims. Mm -hmm. But he later realized that other religions were not represented. And so that's when he updated it to add white to represent all the other religions. Hmm. And then in 1929, Gandhi would change the reasoning behind the colors, stating that red stood for the sacrifices of the people, white for purity, and green for hope. Colors can mean different things. Yes. And I think he was trying to adapt to like an increasingly volatile political religious yeah yeah and gandhi's vision for the flag was officially adopted by the indian national congress in 1931 although rather than red they used saffron and then in 1947 a few days before officially gaining independence the constituent assembly agreed to adopt the indian national congress flag as the national flag of india with one modification Rather than a spinning wheel, the symbol at the center would be the Ashoka Chakra, which represented Dharma and law. Hmm. And aesthetically, it would be symmetrical. 
That seemed to be a big point in its favor. <laughs> that seems like the kind of thing that a bunch of fastidious politicians would want to happen. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, Gandhi was really against that change, hmm. but he eventually came around to it. And yeah, that's the flag that India continues to have today. Interesting. It is definitely good to to know the, the reasoning behind that imagery. And here, I think, yeah, most countries have at the very least a reason why they're flag is just a boring block of colors but i always res- yeah. I, re- I always like those those flags like <laughs> india's flag that tells a little bit more of a story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's what i researched it was uh, great i appreciate it you're right there was so many different things to choose from from this movie and yeah. i i'm glad you you picked the topics you did and i'm confident we will have definitely more opportunities even if they're ones that we just create ourselves to do more research into into some of the other stuff in the future. Yeah. And I also hope, because there are definitely more movies out there about partition that we will watch. But thank you. Yes. Thank you very much for for your research this week. Um, No problem. I have one piece of Bollywood news. On the theme of sports movies, Abhishek Mm -hmm. Bakchan appears to have a a sports film coming out later this month um, called Goomer. And it looks like it's about a woman playing cricket with one arm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Looks like it will be a a good, inspiring sports movie about uh, a person who is is differently abled, which we're we're all about that kind of representation. I don't know that the actress herself has one arm, but the story and the character. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, We'll we'll keep an eye out for that and and maybe be able to watch it sometime in the future. Um, I know that this isn't the point of that movie, but Abhishek looks really good in it. Okay. I like all of the like press stuff that he's been putting out about it and like the how he looked in the teaser. He looks really good. Great. I'm here for Just it. Just an added bonus. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> Great. So, pluggables. Yeah. Oh wait, actually there is something I should say. Oh boy. The first, at least I think it's the first music video for Javan drops. Oh yeah. The, yeah, the new Shah Rukh Khan film uh-huh. coming out in September. And I know normally we don't watch those. Mhm. But I did. I did watch it. <laughs> I um, came very close. But I still have Yeah. It was fun. It was a lot of just him in front of a big group of women. Yeah. Um, which was cool. I'm into but that. he's dancing. Yeah. He looks great. Great. And I'm excited. I still have so little idea of what that movie's going to be about, so I look yeah. forward to finding out more. <laughs> There's definitely a prison involved. Yeah. Because the ladies Cause looked like they were wearing prison uniforms, from what I saw. Yeah, yeah. And they were definitely like dancing in prisons, but okay. then it's like, why is he in a women's prison? I I don't know. <laughs> Was he in prison? Is he the warden? <laughs> well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm unclear because he's in the prison dancing with the women in prison. Okay. I guess we'll have to watch to find out. I why guess he so. Ended up there. Yeah. But pluggables. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Two white girls talk Bollywood. <laughs> I have to change the tone, yeah. you know, keep it, keep it interesting. <laughs> yeah, we love any and all interaction there. You can like our posts, send us a DM, leave a comment, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And you can also subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Leave a rating, leave a review, or don't. 
And yeah, we appreciate you. So thanks for listening. Absolutely. Thanks, friends. And if you care to also listen to our Bollywood Bangers playlists, we'd be happy to have you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Those playlists are on YouTube and Spotify, and we link them in our episode descriptions as well as in our Instagram posts on Tuesdays. Yes. And now. (laughs) (laughs) For our next film we're we're heading back to superheroes yes we are (laughs) and um are you gonna say do you want to say what it is (laughs) yeah i was trying to figure out how to work in how do you want to build up the way your booty (laughs) (laughs) guess what guys it's r1 not r1 raw one We're so excited that we can't even remember what it's called. Um, it's Raw One. I am so excited. Yeah. I, I think Shah Rukh has owned up to the fact that he calls this, like, his midlife his crisis, crisis movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Because, okay, this came out in 2011, so he would have been in, like, his, what, mid-40s? Early early to I, mid-40s? Yeah. Um, so it kind of makes sense, you know? He was feeling some things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that he has said it, so we can just enjoy it, Yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. Definitely, like, sci-fi, mm-hmm. superhero flick. Has some great music. It has... I was... <laughs> I had forgotten about one of the songs until very dil-da-de, recently. Dil-da-de. Yeah, that was, that was the one. Yeah, the... Um, yeah, the... when the night gets dark. <laughs> so, darling, darling, <laughs> stay. Anyway, um, uh, that's like my favorite version of oh, Stand, Stand By Me I've ever heard. Stand By Me. Anyway, okay. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get into that when it happens. Yeah. We're very excited. Very excited to watch this movie. <laughs> I, you know, we watched it together early in early days of our Bollywood journey, and I don't think I have seen it for like two years maybe which yeah i think as, i'm probably there too yeah as far as like the amount of bollywood movies that we watched <laughs> and the number of times we watched them is a long time i'm excited to watch it again and like you said Rukh khan is in our our leading role not mm-hmm. raw one the movie is named after the villain yeah um, confusing it is, yeah. Uh, and well, because you just assume he's raw one. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree that it's confusing. Especially, I mean, all of our other superhero movies are named after the superhero. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we've also got Karina Kapoor uh, yep. in in this one, who we haven't watched a movie with Karina Kapoor yet for the podcast. No, um, which is fascinating. Yeah, that she hasn't come up yet. She's but yeah. a huge, huge Bollywood actor, uh, particularly yeah. in like the the nineties and the aughts. Um, Mm -hmm. So IMDb's plot description is when the titular antagonist of an action game takes on physical form, it's only the game's less powerful protagonist who can save his creator's family. Yeah. That's a a solid description. I don't remember him being less powerful. Yeah. I think that's rude to say. Um, yeah, I don't you know, know what he that's faces to. his own challenges, but yeah, whatever. Uh, Going through metal so, detectors is a challenge, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that scene. Um, <laughs> Raw One is available to watch on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. through Eros Now, so that's where you can find it. Mm-hmm. But the Amazon Prime synopsis is a video game developer's world spirals out of control when his shape-shifting, indestructible, virtual creation becomes all too real. (laughs) Yeah, 
you know, that would be a problem for anyone, I imagine. Uh, yeah. It's also just like a lot of adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> they had a word count that they had to get to. And, uh... Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. Say what you will about it. It's a little bit silly. It's very silly, but it is what it is you know (laughs) yeah and it's got good action it's got good fight sequences um it's got good superhero costumes from what i remember and if you can get over shavrug wearing freaky blue contacts oh i forgot about the freaky blue contacts yeah but uh (laughs) (laughs) but other than that he's looking great and uh looking forward to watching this film amazing yeah enjoy that because i do i know we will (laughs) yeah (laughs) And until next time, remember, Bollywood doesn't need us, Mm -mm. but we need Bollywood. Mm -hmm. For more than just, like, winning Olympic games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)